tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. A mid-season driver swap before we've even made it to the summer break. Five drivers out of contract come the end of the season. I think it's safe to say the driver rumour mill is in full effect and silly season has arrived. So, who's staying? Who's going? Who's swapping? Who's retiring? We have no idea. But who doesn't love a stab in the dark and a paddock rumour? So that is exactly what we're going to mull over over the course of the next 40 minutes or so with myself, Harry Benjamin and Callan O'Keefe. And Callum, we should probably start with the big news, obviously, that uh, Ricardo uh, is back in, DeVries out. Helmut Marco saying that Nick wasn't really improving. Uh, he clearly obviously listened to the podcast where Nick was always uh, on the bottom of the podium. But for all the jokes and the laughs at it, do you think, I think it's a bit harsh for, for DeVries to get, to get the sack this early. Yeah, the WTF1 post-race podcast podium. What a mouthful that is. Never going to be the same again, is it really? We always had our go-to banker. Um, but I, as you said, I think all jokes aside, it it just doesn't seem right in in my book. He, you know, he got the drive off the back of a, a great performance in Monza last year. That was really what brought him into contention. He wasn't, if it hadn't been for, you know, Alex falling early, I think he got appendicitis, didn't he? Mm. We wouldn't have even really been speaking about DeFries for a shot at Formula 1. It was kind of, he'd, he'd come and gone. So... To then thrust him in at such late notice and then give him half a season just seems a bit wrong. And I do see what Dr. Marco is saying. He wasn't really challenging, you know, he wasn't really challenging Sonoda. He wasn't really improving. But let's not forget Formula One is such a difficult sport that the margins are so small. It would have just taken a little bit of improvement to all of a sudden look like he'd found a big step. So, yeah, I think... We, we're going to look back maybe at DeFries. Hopefully he's going to go on to do something good and look back at a driver that didn't quite maximise his potential. But... How happy to see Daniel Ricciardo back in Formula One. I think if he was going to get replaced by someone, at least it's someone that, you know, everyone loves in the paddock. Yeah, that's true. And I I actually, I wonder what he's actually going to achieve. Because let's be honest, you know, a P14 is probably going to be a a good result for him in that AlphaTauri. But I actually wonder what it means more for somebody like Yuki Tsunoda, who we've all been absolutely so impressed with in these first 10 races, right? And now... Ricardo's going to need a little bit of time to get up to speed, but we're all assuming he will get up to speed. So this is going to be surely like a real tell of where Tsunoda actually is. Yeah, you, you know, you're always measured against your teammate, aren't you? That's rule number one is you have to be your teammate in Formula One or in any form of motorsport. So if he goes and he beats Danny Rick and he consistently beats him and, and Ricardo can't get anywhere near him, that's going to look so good for Tsunoda. And, you know, obviously we start off the rumor mill of where drivers could go. There's the potential for him to move on from the Red Bull stable with, you know, the the integration of Honda. And yeah, I, I'm kind of excited to see this because I, I feel like Sonoda settled into Formula One well enough now that if ever there was going to be a time where he could make his claim, it's it's going to be this period now. How long though, and that's the question, how long is it going to take Danny Rick to get up to speed? Because we all know a, a happy honey badger is a dangerous honey badger and he seems pretty happy at the moment. Mm, yeah, that's true. But I mean... 
he was, let's be honest, a bit rubbish towards the end of McLaren or in his McLaren stint. So clearly Red Bull have seen something in him. They, they've rebuilt him. They've seen enough in the sim and needed the Pirelli tyre test after Silverstone. So obviously they've seen enough to go, yeah, you're faster. So we'll put you in. And But where they didn't never mention where he was in comparison to Sonoda. So that's going to be, I think, real, a real thing. I don't know. I've not got high expectations for Hungary for either of them, to be honest. I mean, I know I'd be... I keep saying Sonoda's going to get like a sixth place finish, but I think I've got to drop. I've got to drop that 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 bat on now. Um, but it's going to be one to monitor. But Sonoda seems fairly safe at the moment, at least. But there are a bunch of driver contracts ending this year. Sonoda's is one of them, uh, but probably the big name that is coming to an end is Lewis Hamilton's Mercedes contract is technically up at the end of this year. There's been so much chatter about, yeah, it's just a formality that he's going to sign with Mercedes. But it hasn't happened yet. And I feel like we've been talking about it for a few weeks now and it, and it hasn't actually happened. I'm assuming it will. But there is still a lingering rumour and it's I feel like it's a stupid one. But there are people saying, you know, maybe he'd want to see out his career with Ferrari. Who wouldn't? I, it would be... If, if I'm Lewis, my goal is to win that eighth world title, you know, make yourself on paper the best driver. The last move I would take is going to Ferrari. <laughs> if that was my objective, I, it only took about five minutes for Ferrari to cop some heat. and It's not even a race weekend. So there we go. But it's it's one of those, isn't it, where I I think Hamilton, he, he's so well integrated into the Mercedes family. He, he, he is Mercedes Formula One. You know, he's the driver. But Russell coming in and obviously showing that he's got that, let's call it the, the youthful um, drive to to push the team forward has probably left a bit of a question mark because if the car was competitive, would he be destroying George Russell? Probably not, you know? George has been very, very competitive compared to Lewis. Um, so it's not a shoe in that actually if the car turns around, that he's going to go on to win that that championship. It's not like as dominant as it used to be in, in the Bottas era or that, except for the, the one year with Rosberg. Mm. Um, so I, I don't really know where's next for him. Is, is he going to take some, you know, is he going to leave Formula One? That's the other question. It's it's not out of the question now to see the, the greats of the sport leave and then come back if a better offer arises. But, you know, Lewis is, is not been silent about the fact that he has other interests outside of Formula One. How much longer can he take after the years of dominance being a, let's, you know, a, a, a top 10 runner, top five runner on a good weekend? So I, it's going to be interesting to see whether or not, well, which side is is dragging that out and where it leads to. Yeah, Law VS on Twitter says, oh no, Hamilton fails to make a deal with Toto. Lando Norris jumps to Mercedes. Mick Schumacher replaces him at McLaren to partner with Piastri. Uh, Adiram Castro, uh, Albon in the second Mercedes seat once Hamilton retires. Uh, Who Mm. else has got a Hamilton? Theo, Hamilton goes on retirement. That could be something. But I don't know, I feel like if um, John T says Hamilton and Bottas team up again and announce they'll go uh, to one of the new teams when they come, staying where they are until then. Don't know about that one, but I I wonder. I don't think he's going to retire. I think I actually think he would have retired already if he had got the eighth world championship yeah. in Abu Dhabi. Yeah. I think he would have gone great. I'll bow out now on the verge of regulation changes. Verstappen's clearly the next man on the on the mission. I'll leave now, but because he didn't. I felt like he felt like he had unfinished business and and almost now Mercedes then taking a step back I think maybe reignited a fire within him where he was like okay I've got a competitive edge back now because he was just kind of at one point he was just so out and away and winning all the time didn't have any real um uh, you know 
uh, rivalry, the occasional Bottas every now and then, the occasional Vettel, but nothing sustained. So I think maybe he's like, okay, now I want to see and I want to get Mercedes back to the top. And I want to be the guy that won with them, lost with them, and then managed to get the Mercedes back to where he feels they belong at the top. It's a nice story, I think. And Hamilton's all about the storyline. He does. And actually, I saw a really interesting statistic when people, because obviously everyone's talking about the Verstappen dominance versus the Hamilton dominance of the, you know, the Mercedes hybrid era when it first came in. And actually, someone made a really good point saying that Verstappen's actually doing it without a rear gunner. Um, I saw, again, this, this, the F1 stat boffins out there will be able to correct me, but I'm pretty sure Bottas had a 100% Q3 record for Mercedes. And that kind of shows you the level of, of support that Hamilton actually had when he was fighting for those world championships towards the end of it, especially. And, you know, Verstappen's kind of doing it by himself. And maybe, like you say, it, it was so easy. He was kind of ready to bow out. And now he's reignited that fire. Also, younger, more competitive teammate pushing him to find those new levels. Fernando Alonso, we haven't mentioned him in the podcast yet, coming back in and doing a good job, you know. I I think Formula One drivers' careers are, are prolonging now. You know, we used to see them in their early, mid-30s and then just bow out. And now you're sort of looking at being able to stay for a bit longer. So let's let's see where that unfolds. I'm not going to make a prediction because I honestly have no clue. He could end <laughs> up doing everything. I, I quite like the Bottas one there. Why not start a new team? They go there, win a world championship, Braun GP style and, yeah. and leave the sport. An absolute legend. Well, I'll tell you what, though, the big rumor at the moment is, is that Carlos Sainz wants to leave Ferrari and sign with Audi when they come in. So that would be 2026. So that might even be a year with Sauber and then and then they become Audi because obviously they're still technically Alfa Romeo. And then that opens the door for a second seat at Ferrari, which apparently Alex Albon uh fancies are going this is all pure rumor but it's just stuff i've heard from a few people so i'm thinking okay there's never smoke without any fire but i mean we spoke last week with alex didn't we about um signs and, and leclerc at ferrari both of them really are a bit unhappy there but leclerc is, seems to be the the go-to or the de facto number one but i i think a signs something like an audi would be great i think he needs to be in a team that that backs him i think he's super quick and it also sort of ties it a bit nicely with the whole family sort of tradition because i think his, his dad races now with audi and, and rallying and does that did dakar with them and all this kind of stuff so it's a nice sort of family tie as well but i i would back a signs to audi yeah the, uh, his dad i think races with with volkswagen isn't it it's, it's all part of the volkswagen group all same um, group isn't it yeah, yeah exactly so it's it's it would make sense i i think my my kind of question is Ferrari, we've been saying it for ages, but they're bound to get it right at some point. Is Leclerc going to stick around that long? And if Leclerc left, would that then open the door for signs to be able to build Ferrari around himself? And who would they bring in as a replacement? It would probably be one of the younger drivers from the, the junior stable. You know, someone like Oli Behrman springs to mind. It would be a big risk taking him straight away, but Ferrari aren't adverse to doing that because they kind of believe in their junior structure. Um, and it, 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 you know, and he's doing a great job as well. It's got to be said. Um, so I I don't really know who would be I don't I, I don't know where I'd see signs slotting in to become that consistent front runner and I think the problem is exactly that we always talk about well if Leclerc does this then what's that going to mean for signs and that's kind of the Ferrari culture from a, a point of view of how they structure the team and, and we, as you said we had the chat with Alex but I'm I'm just not sure how much of a reputation he has to be able to go and take that number one seat in a new team in lead, would they not take someone more established? And that's going to be the biggest counteracting force as to where signs goes, I think. 
Well, like, who? Who would be more established? Like, I would take signs over Bottas any day at right now. Because to be honest, I think Bottas has had a bit of a rough patch of form. Yeah, yeah. I think you, you not necessarily the, you know, we're talking three years from now to to be in that's that position. True. And that's that's where I'm looking. I'm saying, would you rather sign a Lando Norris if McLaren continued this form? I don't think Lando would leave because of his ties to Zach Brown and everyone like that. You know, he's kind of raised him all through the ranks. But would you rather take someone who's taken a team and build with them where science hasn't really yet had that opportunity? We may see it in the future. This is the great thing about the driver market is we're just talking hypotheticals and there's any possible situation. But that, yeah, I I think signs would, as things stand now, signs would have to leave Ferrari. It'd have to be done early and it would probably take two or three years of building to get to the point where they come in and, and are fairly competitive and then building year on year on year. And hopefully he can you know, realise that potential of becoming a world champion. Yeah, well, I mean, people are saying Mick Schumacher to come back to uh, to Audi as well but, uh, on Twitter, um, but also people backing backing the signs to uh, to Audi move. The thing is, though, um, Theo says signs to Audi on Twitter, but the thing is, uh, coming back to Ferrari, and you mentioned Oli Behrman, because there's a bunch of hot shots as well coming up in F2 that all deserve, I think, their chance. But where do they put a young Ferrari driver now because when Audi come in they're going to lose that team they're going to uh, Ferrari the Alfa Romeo team seen as a bit of a like a you know a junior Ferrari team in a way where they could develop some talent Giovinazzi Leclerc all coming through there uh, in the Sauber time where where are they going to put a Behrman he's not going to get an opportunity the only place surely is a is in the main team well, you know, we've, we have seen it in the past with drivers being loaned out to other teams. If you like, we had a similar thing with, with Ocon going to Force India, but obviously had the Mercedes link as well. Um, I I just wonder if actually they're going to have to take a bit of a risk. If, if all of this unfolds the way that it could potentially, you might have to take the young, you, you might have to look at it and go, well, okay, you know, there's a reason why we're talking about signs to, to Audi is because clearly there's there's some merit to it. We're not all just plucking stuff from the sky, hopefully. Um, and then you have to, <laughs> that head gesture, yeah, debatable. Um, let's, let's try and make ourselves seem credible. Go on. Uh, <laughs> but there, there needs to be some, some growth, especially from a team like Ferrari. You know, they can't keep having the season they're having. They have to get back to the front. They have to have a dominance era again. It's been so long since we've seen Ferrari consistently fighting for world championships at what point do you just say well we've we've got a bearman or someone like that let's take them stick them in they've got five years and let's see how they grow with the team let's see what new approach they can bring and you know the the, the split in driver generations we see it across the, the the kids that are now in f4 compared to the ones that are in f2 compared to the ones that are in formula one the level now in junior championships is so so high i mean we were at a race a couple of weeks ago at Silverstone on the Grand Prix circuit for British F4. So that's like an entry level single seater championship. And the top 15 on the grid was separated by 0.4 of a second. It's a two minute Yikes. lap. It's crazy. You know, with the, the help of Sims and all the, the information that the kids have access to now, the level's so high. I don't think it would be a bad idea to take a young driver and just give him the chance. No pressure. You're in. Let's develop this. Let's see what, what new fresh life you can bring into it. And, if I was a team boss, certainly of someone like Ferrari, that's what I'd be looking for with the talent that they've got available to them. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. 
When everyone is on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. No matter what you do or what industry you're in, how you communicate is key. Everything you type is equally important to collaboration, and Grammarly can help. Think of it as your AI writing partner, empowering you to communicate effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact in the workplace. 96% of Grammarly users say it helps them craft more impactful writing. And as the gold standard of responsible AI, Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster. By understanding your writing and context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. And with tone suggestions, you can navigate even the most difficult work conversations. You can also save time from spending hours editing drafts to just seconds with one click. Sign up and download Grammarly for free at Grammarly.com slash podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash podcast. Easier said. Done. Well, let's let's talk who's under pressure then at the moment. Because oh. actually, the Leclerc's contract doesn't run out to the... I know contracts aren't worth the paper they're bloody written on. But Leclerc's contract ends at the end of 2024. So does Sainz's. So, you know, they're both going to be starting to have a little hunt around. But who's under pressure? I would say... Magnuson, Joe, Sergeant are all the ones that are most under pressure. And actually at the top of that part is probably Logan Sargent, who needs to up his game quite quickly, I think. Because now the spotlight, before it was all on DeVries and everyone was going, uh, he needs to up his game, blah, blah, blah. And that almost distracted everybody else from Logan Sargent's poor form. And now DeVries is gone. You've got Albon and an upgraded Williams scoring result after result. And Sargent, although improving, still not scoring points, still not there. Do you think he's out at the end of the year? Uh, mm, well, we just found I do, out. I do. I think, have a, we, we found I, out I the freeze replacement for the podium. <laughs> That's <laughs> unlucky, Logan. Think, Sorry, mate. <laughs> I think he's done. I think he's done. I don't think he, even if he ups his game, I, I, but I don't think he will. I think Sergeant's done. I don't think he's going to so get another I, year. I'm going to get, I'm going to get slightly bigger picture here. What the reason why I would see them giving him a second year? I'm not sure about the means in which Logan got into Formula One. I.e., was was it a decision by the team? Was it him bringing money? Was it a combination of the two? Having an American in Formula One is is great for the sport. I I think a lot of it's going to come down to the second half. Of the season. I don't think it's as simple as him being done because he brings a lot of you know it's, it's unfortunate it's the way it is. There's there's more plays at uh, you know more plays of force here than than there are just your ability to drive. If he does improve and he closes the gap to Alban, with Alban doing such a good job and everyone talking about what he's doing, then he'll get a second year. But he, you know, he does bring the political swing, doesn't he, in terms of Formula One in America? And I don't think he does because you talk to a lot of American fans; they don't know who Logan Sargent is. They That's didn't know who he was because he didn't come up. He didn't race in America. He came True. up the European yeah. ladder. They know Colton Herter. What over over the moon for him? Gutted he wouldn't get a drive last year because he didn't have enough super license points. But they don't know who Logan Sargent is. And let's face it, there was going to be three American F one races anyway this year, with or without Logan Sargent. I don't think he was the clincher. And I just think I I, I too I agree. I don't know about the the money picture. He was obviously a part of the Williams kind of academy, but it was a bit of a late signing, really, wasn't it? But and Williams don't have. Their academy, they don't have anybody in F2 who's sort of ready to to take the step up. So they would have to sort of nick somebody else from from like a Mercedes. Mick Schumacher, a lot of people saying, well, he deserves another chance. Mercedes 
kind of Toto Wolf, a big backer of him. Rinko Smith says Schumacher to Williams uh, on Twitter, uh, as does um, I don't know Law VVS is Mick Schumacher to, to go to McLaren. You, not sure about do that. Do you do you get the Mick Schumacher hype? I know. Sorry, no. we're, we're divulging here. I don't really understand it. I mean, you look again. You look at his junior results. He came through. Mm. He did a very good job, but. He never re- he never did it in the first year. It wasn't like a... He needed a warm-up every time, didn't he? Yeah, and, you know, obviously you have to be with the best teams to win. But when you carry the Schumacher name, you, I know it comes with a great deal of pressure, which is probably the other side of it. But you have to, you have to sort of become like a, let's call it a Verstappen, where you just jump in everything and you win and you're competitive and you keep improving. But we didn't really see that with, with Mick in Formula 1. And... I get how great it is to have the Schumacher name in Formula One, but I, I was going through the tweets as well this morning, and I was like, "There's a lot of there's a lot of Schumacher hype," and I personally don't understand. It. That's why I was going to swing it back to you and and see if there's something that I'm missing here. No, I, I, I think there's obviously if we if we compare it to Sargent and and the the wider political implications, I think it's better to have a Schumacher in Formula One than it is to have Logan Sargent. But Schumacher got his chance he had a chance which is more than many can say he had two seasons didn't he with Haas and showed some flashes of pace he did and he was and he got closer and closer to Kevin Magnussen but I just don't think he showed enough to to warrant especially as you say now I think in this current day and age it is way more competitive it is way harder to get into Formula One because the junior ladder is so tight. There are so many top drivers who will never get their chance in Formula One because there is just too many of them. And when you have somebody like a Schumacher who, yes, okay, the name brings a lot, but I don't think a Williams, would they would they look at him and go, yes, that's a better option than Logan Sargent? Maybe, but in the long-term run, is it? I'm not convinced. You know, look at somebody like... Uh, Bruno Senna, you know, another guy with a massively bad name, a completely different story. I think Senna had a harder time personally because he didn't, he stopped karting for so many years and didn't pick it back up till he was 21. But he picked it up again when he was 21 and got it to Formula One at like 28 or something like that. But that back then, what, 2010, I think he started, nobody was really looking at age too much. He was still young, he was still a rookie. Whereas now, age is such a massive factor. If you're not 17, 18 and knocking on the door of Formula 1 already, you're past the hill. If you're 25, like if you're over 25 like us, you are done. You are over the hill. And Schumacher, although not over 25, I I just don't think he brings enough to the table uh, given that he's had his shot already and that he had, unlike the likes of Senna, uh, uh, a good ladder, you know, climb through the championships, was, was with the top teams, won the championships and still didn't display enough. I don't yeah, know. there was there was there was no for me there was no electrifying moments. And I think that's the big thing. You know, every driver has that drive that kind of like announces themselves in Formula One to say, look, this is this is why I'm here. And then they keep building and we never we never really got that with Mick. Um but I yeah, I think going back to the the other side of things, Williams is is on the up. Do you want to take a driver who doesn't necessarily who's had his chance, as you say, two years do you want to give him the second chance there? Is he going to, you know, is he has the time off improved him or are you going to find a driver that actually wasn't fit for Formula One and all that years spent building positive momentum just unravels very, very quickly. It's such a difficult decision. 
Breaking news. Manscaped now has beard products available in your country. That's right. They are once again revolutionizing men's grooming with the new Beard Hedge Pro Kit. From a beard trim to a fresh shave, the technology behind the Beard Hedger Pro Kit allows you to shape your signature beard like never before. The Beard Hedger Cordless Trimmer has a rotary wheel that gives you 20 hair cutting lengths, all with one guard, so no more messy drawers full of extra add-ons. Plus, it's waterproof, so you can shave in the shower to avoid all that hair in the sink. The titanium-coated T-blade is tough on hair, but smooth on your face, leading to single-stroke efficiency that brings satisfaction one stroke at a time. And that's not all. The Pro Kit also comes with four dermatologist-tested formulations for your post-trim care, including beard shampoo and conditioner, beard oil, and beard balm. Now you can finally use Manscaped products to make your drapes match your carpet by going to manscaped.com and using code WTF1 for 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code WTF1. Manscaped Beard Hedger. One stroke, one guard, 20 lamps. I think, I think Sergeant... Unless he suddenly turns it all around, I think I think his days are numbered. I'm not convinced about Schumacher. I would be surprised if we saw him in Formula One again, but I, I just don't think it's going to happen. Um, given there are other better options, I think I would rather take like a, a risk on like an Ayumu Uwasa or a or a Teo Porcher or a Frederick Vesti. You know, a Mercedes backed driver in F2 currently leading the championship. He, they could do a George Russell. Back by Mercedes, yeah. placed in Williams for three or four years in a sort of holding pattern while they figure it all out. That could be a possibility, and Williams get a little bit, you know, money off a, a power unit or whatever. Um, we really went around the houses there. Let's go back yeah. to. Uh, <laughs> let's go back. <laughs> let's go back. Let's go back. I want to talk about Joe Guanyu next. Um, a, a man, I don't know, a man under pressure. I, I, I really, I find it so hard to know if Joe is good or not because. I mean, he's clearly got talent, but and he's he's there or thereabouts with Bottas and can sort of get get ahead of him. But and the car's not great either, so I feel like it's really hard to actually know where Joe is or not. But I can't see him, or can you see him staying with that team as they become Audi? I just don't know where else he would go. If that means he's again, he's. I don't know what I think about him because I never really pay enough attention to him to know how he's actually doing, if that makes sense, is my honest answer. You don't really, he kind of has that one race where he's got a bit more speed than Bottas and you go, oh, good job, mate. You're, you're, you're flying now. And then it goes back to sort of normal roles. And when you are in a, a car that's not performing, it's it's more difficult. You know, Bottas is, is, a, is a really solid set of hands as well. He will just continually deliver. Um but I, he's kind of one of those drivers who, whenever we talk about the driver driver market, I can't really imagine him leaving Formula One, but I can never imagine him in a top seat. Yeah. And he's just, I think he's just going to be like a, a placeholder in Formula One for the next five or six years. And, you know, maybe he'll get the odd result, the odd podium, but where he'll, he'll just jump to whichever free seat will sort of take him. I, you know, I think he comes with quite a lot of financial backing. He's not bad at all. He's fairly well liked in the party, all those things. And he's, he's, he delivers solid results, I guess. Yeah. Thing is, I think, so I, I actually did a bit of research on this, like Ooh. just to see, you know, what, what, what is Joe's background? Obviously, obviously Chinese, great for the tri- Chinese market. 
And I think a lot of it hinges on whether China confirmed on the calendar next year, having been off for quite a while due to COVID, comes back on um, and what effect Zhou has there. But even so, I don't think that's the clincher because I think Zhou seems to be a nice guy. He's got this big fashion thing going for him as well. So he's quite, you know, he's a bit of a, a sort of icon in the paddock now, gets snapped and compared with Hamilton. That's, Again, that's, we that's the, the championship race we should all be talking about. Is, is well, exactly. <laughs> Who's got the better clothing line? But the other thing is, I was looking at, right, so Audi are obviously coming in in a couple of years and they're already, they're already in. Yeah. They're just, you know, starting the, the process of switching over they want to sell cars they want to develop their uh their their um brands and formula one is clearly the place where they feel they can do that where do they do that globally well china is a market that audi i think don't have a massive or w- would like a bigger presence in get a chinese driver in your team sell more audis in china one of the biggest countries in the world. And he's already, he's already there. He's already established. He's worked. You know, you, the, it's going to be similar personnel. Like you're going to, especially the first few years, there's going to be no real pressure or expectation for results because they are coming into Formula One. It's very difficult. They don't have like a, you know, they don't have a Formula One pedigree. So actually that could be a very interesting, a very interesting pairing to generate probably the, the necessary interest and, kind of let's call it exposure needed to then fund a, a proper championship charge. And especially if you pair it then with a successful well-known driver like Sainz, then, you know, you, you're probably pretty well covered in terms of off track and on track. And it, I think one of the things that we keep talking about, which is really interesting is, is how much political swing there actually is in, in the driver market, isn't there? I mean, it's, it doesn't matter how good you are sometimes. Yes. That's the problem. Yeah, and, and it's a business at the end of the day, isn't it? Unfortunately, it's, as you said, what what are Formula One teams entering for? Obviously, because there's a great deal of, of wanting to win the championship and the sporting aspect, but there's a lot of money as well. And these are all the, the little points that drivers have to play. They're not only looking for the right seats in terms of where they can go to win, but also where they can find longevity because you're only one driver away from being replaced or one, you know, <laughs> one marketing decision away if you're on the cusp between two drivers so yeah it's 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 interesting how much all these other factors really affect it's not just down to results on track isn't it which is what it sometimes seems from the outside uh douglas says brad pitt to sign for alfa romeo so it's going to be a pitt and a joe guanyu lineup i think when when uh audi come in over the next couple of years I, i've heard rumors that he's actually quite quick with all the stuff that he's been doing for the F1 movie, there's, 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 there's apparently there's a bit of speed there. Why not? Why I heard, not I heard he's still like 50 seconds off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for a man that's in his 50s, 60s. Okay. That's driving, not bad. driving, driving an F2 car. That's yeah. modified to be, a, you, we, you know, we'll never really know until we put him in the car. We'll never know how fast he really is. Get him in the and young no, driver we, test. Yeah, <laughs> well, my my shout for the young driver test is Valentino Rossi after he won this weekend yes. in GT in Misano. Why is nobody talking about Valentino Rossi? Bring him in. That's oh well, Italian. Oh well, there might be a gap at Ferrari. Uh, fi- finally, that might actually happen. Can you imagine? Oh, <laughs> what dear. Are the scenes. Okay, so I mean, look at the end of this year. The ones who are at risk are Sergeant Joe Guanyu, Yuki Tsunoda, Kevin Magnussen, Lewis Hamilton. Firstly, I think Magnussen's going to stay as well. I, I think he'll up his qualifying, but I think Steiner's quite happy with a Magnussen-Hulkenberg lineup. I think that's a fairly solid one. 
What what about the one guy we haven't spoken about yet who is definitely under threat? And he is the the Mr. Sergio Perez. So this is what I wanted to come on to, right? I wanted to pose this to you. Okay, you are Christian Horner. And this is the scenario that plays out. So Ricardo perform Ricardo and Sonoda are matched in in performance towards the end of the year. Okay? Yes. Yes. Perez gets his qualifying form back to where it should be, but is inconsistent with it. Oof. And Verstappen obviously continues to dominate. What do you do for 2024? Bearing in mind, Perez is under contract that year. Question. But we all know that means nothing to Red Bull. Relevant question here, because this is, this is actually going to be quite instrumental, I think. How close are the other teams? How close is someone to beating Verstappen? Because if he's miles away out in the distance... I, I see the decision being made to keep Perez on because there's a bit of buffer room. If if Red Bull are starting to feel a bit of pressure from other teams, you know, other teams bringing upgrades yeah. and getting closer, and they need that that consistent rear gunner, I don't think it's going to be good for Sergio. I think I think we're going to see a classic Red Bull switcheroo and zero like zero emotion, completely ruthless. Just thank you so much for everything, Sergio. We really appreciate everything you've done for the team. I hope you enjoy retirement or go find us well, somewhere yeah, else. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I would like to think that they might show a bit of compassion and go, okay, Checo, look, it's not going to happen. Why don't you announce that you're retiring yeah. and then, you know, we'll play it that way rather than it's us kicking you out. Uh, I, I agree. I think right now that you can get away with it because the gap is so large, but it is and it will, it will close. So you know, that that's going to be something that's going to weigh on their mind. They're going to have to do something with Sonoda if he continues to perform well. But there's also the rumours about Sonoda possibly going to Aston Martin with the Honda type. But who does he replace at Aston Martin? You don't you don't replace Alonso and you don't replace Stroll when his dad owes the team. So how, how much is that? Any movement there? I don't know. But I, coming back to Red Bull, I, I agree with you. I think that will, um, I think Perez is is on, on borrowed time. But I think he's. I think it's fair enough. Like he's, you know, he can't. It, it, Horner said it's ninety percent in his head oh, when, uh, when it comes to his qualifying. When Red Bull come out and say you have their full support, that's alarm bell number one. Yeah. When they then come <laughs> out and say that it's all you and it's ninety percent in your head, that's when the alarm should be going off across the entire house outside. Like everything should be full scale panic lockdown mode because that's is that that's what they said good. to you before they dropped you. They did not. I, did, I got an email. That was. <laughs> thank you, you have our full support, just yes. not financially or yes. in any other way yes. going forward. But you, will, you, <laughs> we appreciate everything you've done. All the best for your career. Thank you very much. <laughs> it was a very nicely worded email. Do you think there's any kind of substance to Lando Norris wanting, uh, or perhaps being eyed up by Red Bull? Given you know he is like Mr. McLaren through and through. Again, I think it comes down to how much the car develops. If they keep going in the direction they're going in, he would be crazy to leave mm. because he's he's. It's so hard in Formula One to get a seat. It's it's we we know we just touched on it a little bit, but it's you. There's so many drivers who have equal levels of ability, especially in the junior categories. There's so many drivers who have equal levels of money, if not more. There's so many drivers who have political pull in their direction, and there's drivers that have all the combination together and are getting results. So once you get in, you have to prioritize survival. That's number one. Stay in for two to three, whatever it is, three, four years to understand Formula One, learn about it because it's hugely complex. And then 
once you've survived, you can establish yourself as a driver that survived. That's tick number one, which means that you'll probably stay in for longer. And then hopefully in that period, you've gotten some good results and you've built a team around you. And Norris would be crazy to leave. I, the the only way it would be sensible to go to Red Bull is if Max leaves. I wouldn't, as as someone who's raced against him, there is no way I would go challenge Max Verstappen at Red Bull because you you just won't beat him. The team is around him. The people believe in him. He's producing the results. He's on. He's you know, he's a world-class driver. It's going to take something really special to knock him off that pedestal on the team. Yeah. Also, it's clear, though, from those top teams that, well, at least from Red Bull, that they operate best when they have their number one and their, their support number two, right? I mean, Mercedes is a, is a different situation because they've got such a vast different experience in age. Well, so does Red Bull, to be fair. But it comes to that point as well. Can you only be successful in a top team if you have the backing and you are number one if you're asked yeah you can join mercedes you can join red bull you can join ferrari but you will be number two do you jump at that or do you rather i'd rather be a leader in a midfield team that probably comes down to again that circumstance of how much like if if it was me negotiating that contract i've i've heard stories of drivers and in you know in that position before not mentioning any teams where you know a, a new upgrade will rock up and there'll be one new front wing that's worth three tenths of a second per lap and the driver qualifies three tenths off and everyone gives them you know a hard time for not beating their teammate when actually they're doing a really good job compared to what they've got and that stuff doesn't make it out into the the more kind of global world of motorsports so you really you you have to if you're going in as a number two you have to really back yourself that you've got a massive advantage most of the time especially in those top teams because yeah, the, the way to win in Formula One with it being so close is you have to squeeze every little bit out for one person, load the dice for them and and yeah, hope that it all comes together. When you're in a position like Mercedes were for many years at the start of the hybrid era where they were, you know, they were so far ahead of everyone else, it's easier for a Rosberg, say for example, to then eventually challenge and take it over because there's no one near them. But Formula One doesn't really work like that. We've got Verstappen out front, but behind him, it's all looking very, very close, isn't it? So yeah. And we also should remember we might well have more opportunities for drivers because there might be four seats that, that come onto the grid. There's talk of maybe two teams being given the green light. Andretti and Hitech are the front runners at the moment, I'm hearing on the grapevine. So that could well then provide some routes. And, and Andretti, obviously, the American team, there's a lot of talk about Colton Herter. But I also think, you know, let's not forget. I, I think that the winner of F2 should automatically get a seat in Formula 1. I think that is how it should work. I think they, they deserve that. But equally, the likes of Liam Lawson, who's gone off to Super Formula, should be given his shot as well, I think. He's showing great stuff over there. But where do they go? That's, the, that's, the, that's what it comes down to. In an ideal world, you'd just have more seats, wouldn't you? That's, the, <laughs> that's kind of the biggest stumbling block with young drivers is is you've got your established eight or nine because they always are the 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 people that have been there for five years plus your your Hamiltons your you know Alonso's that come back and they they have their pick Leclerc they have their pick of where they go Verstappen you know keep keep naming them um then you have your next group of young drivers that come through who stay for two or three years and they develop themselves but there's there's only really at any given time probably three or four seats available but as you say, how many drivers and how many deserving drivers are there? We had Alex on the you know the podcast last week. He's definitely a driver that, if he wanted to, deserved a shot in Formula One with the results he's producing. You've got Liam Lawson over in 
in Japan doing a great job. I think he won again this weekend. Yeah. You kind of, you, you know, and that's just two names. All of a sudden, that's half the seat's gone if they got their shot. But what about the drivers in F2? What about, you know, drivers that are doing... There's so many different... The, the, the talent pool's too big, basically, which is a lovely problem to have for, for a keen observer or a fan. But someone like Hitek Andretti, I actually saw something on Twitter. And again, I've got to be careful with Twitter, but I saw Hitek have changed their name which probably oh. hopefully means that they've actually got the entry, which, you know, would be Ooh. be good to see another team on the grid. Andretti, I read a thing this morning that they're looking to enter F2 as well to strengthen yeah, their bid for, for Formula 1. And I think that would just be good if, if we can expand the grid. It's more action. It's more opportunity. It's more, you know, diversification of what we can see in terms of race weekend. And yeah, I'd, I'd be definitely up for seeing that. It would open up two, two whatever it is, four more seats would open up a whole new world for young drivers. Couldn't agree more. And But the other thing that also affects everything is that we talked about the age thing earlier. Drivers are having longer and longer careers. And when you look at somebody like a George Russell, who's been in Formula 1 for a while, the Leclerc's, the Albons, they all came in together, you know, in their mid-20s. And you think, well, if you look at Fernando Alonso, still going at 41, they've got another 20 years. <laughs> what on earth? Where does the gap go- come from? Who the hell knows? Uh, I think we're out of time, though. But it's it's... We have no idea, really, but it's fun. It's fun to speculate, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> but um, it is hungry this week. The return of Daniel Ricciardo, Red Bull, apparently have some mega new upgrades uh, as if they need any more. And Callan and I will be here the Monday after to look back at it all. So uh, make sure you are following and subscribe to the WTF1 socials and YouTube channels. And in the meantime, uh, from myself and Harry Benjamin, no, from myself and Harry Benjamin. That doesn't make any sense. I can be Harry. It's fine. It's no problem. From myself <laughs> and Harry Benjamin and Callan O'Keefe and uh, anybody else who might be interested in saying goodbye. Uh, goodbye. Any parting words, Callan? Save me from this terrible well, end of the show. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you're enjoying, please leave us a positive review. You have no idea how much it actually helps. Um, and if we hopefully get a bit of drama in Hungary, I look forward to being back with you, Harry, on Monday. If we don't, we'll still find something to talk about, so join us then. We always do. On the dot. We'll see you later.